So on the night Jesus was born, that first Noel, with a star shining in all its brightness, a song was sung, declaring glory in the highest, the fulfillment of all God's promises. The long-awaited Messiah was here. about the one that we worship as declared in his word. And the first is that our Savior reigns. You see, an angel of the Lord appeared to the Virgin Mary saying, 
you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Our savior is near. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Our savior is to be praised. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all of your deeds. So just as we sang, let us with one accord, with one voice, sing praises to our heavenly Lord, the one who was born, the one who bought our salvation. Amen.
beautiful to sing of the birth of our Savior. Amen? Amen. Uh, the Bible says what he calls us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's our God. That's who we celebrate this morning on Christmas Eve. And we're going to take communion together, so I want to invite you to have a seat for just a minute. If you have not yet received a communion cup, just pop your hand in the air, and our ushers will bring uh, a cup to you. If you need it, just raise your hand up. Oh, today we really are rejoicing in his birth. Merry Christmas. Yes? Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas Eve um, service welcome and we're thankful that you're here and uh, if you hold up your communion cup that you have in your hand there's a little tiny plastic piece you'll pull and if you just hold the bread in your hand as we prepare our hearts for communion I'm going to go ahead and pray for us and we'll celebrate and take together in communion today Father what a joy to be together in your house what a joy it is to gather in the celebration of your birth. Lord, that as we celebrate your birth, Lord, we, we also recognize that the entire reason you came was to redeem us, to be our savior. Lord, to pay the penalty for our sin. Lord, you teach us that the wage of sin is death, but your gift is eternal life. So God, as we share in communion together and, and remember your sacrifice, in the same moment that we celebrate your birth, God. We rejoice in your name, in your holy name. Amen? Amen. Um, let, me, let me read to you what God's word says about the bread. It says, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Will you take this together, church? And if you pull back the foil pouch, it'll bring out the juice for you. The juice that represents his blood shed for you at the cross. And the Bible teaches us that we drink this juice in remembrance of his sacrifice that the wage of our sin is death, but the gift of God. At Christmas time, we celebrate by giving gifts and receiving gifts. But this is the greatest gift of all, that Jesus would be born, that he would live, that he would walk with us, that we, he would share his life with us for the very purpose that he would go to the cross willingly, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. That we could have the gift of eternal life. So I'll read scripture and it says that Jesus took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We drink together, church. And we're reminded of this new covenant. It means that he came that the old covenant was redeemed by his blood, that we would walk in something new. In his blood, that we would be redeemed. Amen? Amen. Would you stand and we'll continue to worship together this morning.
before him? Can we adore him? Can we give him the praise that he's due? Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, ye, oh, come ye to bear my Shall we just give him some glory from where you're at? 
Isn't he worthy? Isn't he good? Isn't he just? Hallelujah. Well, church, Christmas is a time for family. And so would you just take a moment and do, would you just find those around you and just make you feel welcome in the house of the Lord? We are one big church family after all, aren't we? Can we just take these next few moments to greet each other in God's house today? Sunday morning and or on, a, on Christmas Eve and they'll tell me, I've got to open three presents already. So got to visit grandma and do all that. So I just thought I would ask you if you've already opened a present. Um, but boy, I'm so uh, excited to celebrate with you. I am our kids pastor and it is my joy uh, to serve there, but it's also my joy to be able to share a message with you um, this morning. And I just wonder how many of you have already watched a number of Christmas movies how many in here like Hallmark Christmas movies? It's okay, don't be shy, don't be shy. Oh, look, at I see some like jumping up and down back there. Okay, that's good. Um, how many of you have read together the Christmas narrative from your Bible this season? Uh, we will sometimes in our family sit together in the morning and read the Christmas, Christmas narrative. And it's a familiar story. Uh, so when you're getting ready for Christmas Eve, you say, well, what do we share on Christmas Eve? Because it's such a familiar story. Um, Mary and Joseph and the trip to Bethlehem and the stable and the manger and the shepherds and the wise men and um, you got all the, the host of angels that, that see and visit the shepherds and all the joy of the entire Christmas narrative. What do we actually focus on? And I'll tell you, there is actually one verse in the whole Christmas narrative that I feel like sometimes gets passed over, sometimes not even mentioned. Um, it's Luke chapter 2 and it's verse 19. It'll come up there on the screen uh, where it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Beautiful, right? I'm going to read the whole passage because I feel like I can't just read one verse from the Christmas narrative on Christmas Eve. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to read with me. I'm going to scoot back to verse 13 in Luke chapter 2 and read the portion of scripture that comes just prior to this verse about Mary. It starts in verse 13. We, say, we read, suddenly... A great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I can relate to treasuring hidden special memories in my heart. I wonder if you have ever observed something um, so special that even to this day, you've really treasured that moment in your heart. Being that it's Jesus' birth and we're talking about the birth of Jesus, I thought one thing I could share with you is being a mom. When our firstborn child came into the world, after a long wait, lots of anticipation of her birth, all the preparations that we made for her birth, can I tell you the truth? We have no idea. Right? When you're waiting or you're anticipating the birth of especially your first child, uh, you have really no idea. And you make all these preparations to be ready. But the truth is, you have no, no, no idea what's really coming. 
until that moment that you actually hold your baby in your arms and you hold the beauty of this little miracle and you stare into their face, I'll tell you something, you treasure that in your heart. All the preparations until that very first moment, they don't feel real until you see this baby for the very first time and you hold this baby in your arms. I remember thinking that day, even in the hospital when I was holding my, my precious baby, can I just share with you something? If you didn't know, she's right here. She's not such a baby anymore. Now you can stare at her the whole time instead of me. Okay, but I remember in the hospital holding her in my arms, and I remember thinking it just seems impossible that an actual real human being grew inside of me. So tiny, so exciting, but also very surreal, If you've been pregnant, you'll know that uh, at the very beginning, you don't feel pregnant necessarily. Well, some do. I'm sorry, I did not go through morning sickness. I don't actually know what that's like. I don't share that very often with people because I don't want to, you know, people would be too mad. But the truth is, I actually remember when my daughter started moving inside of me. It felt like an alien was taking over my body. I remember pressing in and feeling an elbow or a heel just roll across the whole front side of me. And it just didn't seem real. How could a real human be growing inside of me? I had to change what I was eating. I had to change uh, the activities that I did. Um, I couldn't reach down and touch my toes anymore. I couldn't put my shoes on. I needed help doing that. I couldn't sleep. She kicked my bladder constantly. You guys know about, I mean, some of you, right? Some of you who've been pregnant, you know, I'm not making this up. It's very real, but it doesn't seem real. It really doesn't seem fully real because you're not seeing it with your eyes. You're just feeling it. And then strangers would walk up to me. Do you guys know this about strangers? This, it changes your world because a perfect stranger will walk up and just want to touch your belly. And I am not one of those people that that did not bother me. I was like, touch away. This is crazy. As a matter of fact, a perfect stranger, I'd be like, she's moving, right? Do you see that? And you could physically see like a movement happening. So I shared that with um, strangers even. It didn't bother me one single bit. But what I will say is I I recognized as I was pregnant, as as we were going along, um, I did did recognize that as a a world, we're, we're all together in this. When you see a pregnant lady, when you see that miracle that's happening, as a world, we're kind of together in it. There's a miracle. Like, I can't make that happen. There's a baby inside of me that's growing, and only God could make it actually happen. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? I actually remember too, <laughs> you know when you're, when you're pregnant and um, nobody knows you're pregnant, but you start looking like you're not in the same shape that you used to be in <laughs> and people will look strangely at you. I have to tell you something. We know. We know that you are wondering if we're pregnant, okay? So all I have to say to that is sometimes I was very nice and I'd be like, yes, we're expecting a baby just to break the awkwardness. But sometimes I'd really mess with people and I would wait and I would make it so awkward because I knew that they wanted to ask. But you know, that's just the universal rule. You never ask a lady if she's pregnant, right? You just don't ask the question. Um, So I would make it very awkward with some people. It's just really, it's kind of a fun thing to do, right? (laughs) All right. Just kidding. Okay, but at the time we were expecting our firstborn child, I was a school teacher, um, and I remember telling my students at one point that we were going to have a baby, and one of my students kind of shouted out from one side of the room, well, you don't look pregnant. And then a kid on the other side of the room stands up and looks over at him, he's like, duh, it takes nine months to make a baby. (laughs) We really had a lot of fun because it was my first too, so I didn't know that much about anything, so um, I would put little, uh, I would pull up on the computer screen some pictures of maybe, you know, the developmental stages of the baby along the way. And, you know, I tell them, oh, this week, you know, our daughter is about the size of a, a little cutie orange. And then a few weeks later, well, now she's about the size of a soda can. Now she's about the size of a cantaloupe. I mean, we're getting bigger here, right? But it was fun because we were learning how much she weighed. We were learning what parts of her body was, were developing along the way, how big she was, all that kind of stuff. We were learning together. It was really special. 
But can I be honest? None of it actually seemed real until that moment that I was holding her in my arms. Our baby. And I treasured that up in my heart. God wants you to treasure the wonder of Christmas in your heart. It was no mistake that he sent Jesus as a baby for us to understand and relate to and ponder the wonderful gift of his birth. To hold a baby in your arms really is one of the most precious experiences, isn't it? I feel like it's a universal... Oh, hold on. Let me backtrack. To hold a peaceful sleeping baby in your arms really is one of the most precious things. I have such sweet memories of holding our daughter and investigating her little fingers and and her little toes while she was sleeping. I have so many great memories of, of just rubbing her little cheek against mine and kissing her little forehead. Also great memories of stuffing her inside of a pumpkin. I often wondered, actually, if my mom did the same with me. Maybe not the stuffing in a pumpkin thing, but I often wondered if my mom also, at one point when I was a baby, held me in her arms with the awe and wonder of new life. And I wonder how Mary felt staring into the face of Jesus. Her baby was God. How could God be contained in swaddling cloth, doing all the things that babies do and needing all the things that babies need? I I wonder if she actually felt overwhelmed by the presence of God right there in her arms. Emmanuel, God with us, right there in her arms. And I wonder if she wondered why God chose her. Who am I that God would choose me? I wonder if she felt humbled by that, but honored to be in that place. Friends, God chooses you. He chooses me and you. Sometimes I wonder why, but the truth is, he chose to leave the majesty of heaven to be with us, God with us, because he knew it's what we needed to really understand him, to relate to him, to feel like we can really know him. And he chooses you because he wants to be inside of you. As a baby grows and develops and matures inside of their mom, God wants to grow inside of you. He wants you to relate to him as a baby, as a person. And then he wants you to come to know him as your savior. He wants you to come and and learn and grow and know him as your Lord and as your father. And the Bible even says he wants to be your friend. And what I know is this, is that the more he grows inside of me, the more that I see everything else the way he does. He chose to offer himself as a gift to you. That you would treasure his word in your heart that you too would ponder the wonder of his gift for you. In a way, this reminds me a little bit of marriage. The choosing part reminds me a little bit of marriage. The first time that I met my husband, how many of you are in the same boat with me? I did not like him. Yeah? It's true. I just have to be totally honest. I did not like him because I think he was trying to impress me with his sarcasm. I just thought he was being mean. But as I got to know him a little bit more, I started doing stupid things. I started saying stupid things, doing, I would make stupid jokes. Uh, I would take a little extra time in the morning to get all the, to look just right, ladies, okay? Uh, And then I would just make sure I just happened to be in the right place where I would see him coming by. We worked in the same place at that time, so I just make sure that I was ready to, is that weird? But you know the butterflies that are in your stomach because you're starting this, this liking and you're not sure if it will become anything more so. Um, but over time, the truth is that started to change because our love started to grow inside of us. I actually remembered the first time that I ever called him on the phone. Um, he'd actually come to do a retreat. He was speaking at a retreat for us uh, at my church and... Um, after the retreat, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll call him. I'll make it like a business call. 
And I'll, I'll call him and I'll ask him to come do something at the church as a response to this. I thought it sounded awesome. Okay, he read right through me. I thought I was so sly, but he knew that that wasn't the real reason for my call. And he was very nice about it. He did come and do the thing that I asked, but it put us in the same place at the same time again. And the butterflies in my stomach and all the things. And we started this relationship. We started talking to each other. And then he started showing up at work where I was working to come and chat with me. He started choosing me. And the truth is, sometimes when I mess up, I wonder why he chose me. (laughs) But he does. He chooses me because he knows that we have a love that is growing roots in our hearts for each other. I still remember our very first disagreement. It was on our honeymoon. Great place to have an awesome disagreement, right? Um, But we were on a bus, and I had to use the bathroom. Okay, and something we hadn't learned yet about marriage, about women and men, is that women, and this is a great lesson, this is a great tool, take this please, uh, because women need to express themselves. We don't actually expect you to solve the problem, guys. Okay, we just need to share with you how we're feeling. Okay, well, I hadn't learned yet in my, you know, 24 hours of marriage yet, um, that men need to solve a problem. Okay, so I'm expressing that I really need to use the bathroom. And you know what he says to me? He says, I told you to go before we got on the bus. (laughs) To which you know what I said back, right? I didn't have to go then. (laughs) Okay, so this goes on a few minutes later. Just expressing myself, I mentioned that I have to go to the bathroom again. Because like I said, ladies just need to express. We don't expect you to solve the problem. I did not expect him to solve the problem. I had no idea. Because an hour later, he finally lost it. And he's like, I can't do anything to help you. Oh, it was in that moment that I realized that because he loves me, he was frustrated that he couldn't do anything to help me. Kind of silly, right? Silly story, but very real. He had chosen me, and in his choosing, he was committed to loving me even when it was hard. Church, we are chosen, and God wants us to know him as he is. He wants us to know his love for us. He wants you to know his grace and mercy for you. He wants you to know his heart of compassion to walk with you through the hard stuff and to carry you when you're hurting. And isn't it beautiful that he chose to reveal himself to us as a baby? His tender love for us as a baby, precious and meek and special, unlike any king. He chose to set aside his majesty for a manger. He chose a stable instead of a throne. He chose to reveal himself through the angels to shepherds instead of to royalty. He chose to reveal his love for you and me through humble humanity. And he wants us to receive him in the same way. Amen. I do pray that we take time today to really ponder this in our hearts, to treasure the precious gift of baby Jesus, born in a manger, humble and meek. You know, as a mom, I truly have learned so many wonderful things, but I've also been humbled as a mom. You know, when, like I said before, when you're a new mom, You have no idea. If you're a kid in the room, I'm so sorry, especially if you're the firstborn. We really didn't know. And it is humbling to realize that you actually have to keep them alive. That it is my job to make sure that you don't choke on anything, that you don't touch the stove, that you don't go wandering out into the street. That's my job. 
And it's humbling to realize that their very heartbeat rests on how I take care of you and how uh, you get the idea. (laughs) But the truth is, and the more humbling part of the story is, that as your kids begin to grow, as that my children have gotten older, I've had to also learn how to love them each very specifically, that I would be able to speak into their each individual insecurity and fears that they have, that I would need to teach them how to process through all the hard things in their life. Can I tell you, church, I never imagined the challenge that that would be and how hard and difficult and emotionally draining that would be. But can I tell you something else? I am so thankful because I get to be their mom. And God does the same with us. It shows me who God really is. And the truth is, through all the challenges that we've faced with our children as they've grown older, it makes those moments when my kids choose the right thing so sweet, so wonderful. It's amazing to watch them choose to follow God. My daughter, the one who is in the pumpkin, now 18 years old, singing on the worship team, and my heart swells for her. And as much as my children act like they don't like each other, can I tell you something? They do love each other. There's evidence of it. One time we were walking actually in a parking lot, and I was at least 50 yards behind my kids, and they were kind of walking up ahead. And we have one son that we affectionately like to call Wanderson because he wanders. As a matter of fact, there was one point that we thought it'd be really useful to get, actually, Pastor Zach is here. He's the one that came up with the idea to get this pole that came up with like a flag so that you could locate him at any point because he just would wander. And we're walking in a parking lot and he started doing his wandering thing as they're talking. And the next thing you know, my daughter, hears a car coming from behind, instinctively just grabs him and pulls him into her. And when you're a mom 50 yards back and there's nothing you can do, your heart swells because they do. They actually love each other. They actually care for each other. And they are learning to take care of each other. My youngest son, I don't know why, but he loves to bless his family in different ways. And the truth is, he'll have a busy week. Can I tell you, in the moments when he should just flop on the couch because he's had the busiest week of all time, I'll walk downstairs and see him in the kitchen cleaning. What kid does that? A kid that wants to bless his family because he's growing a love for his family. And then my other son, my middle son, when we opened that new kids building over there, he made a cake. He's in culinary arts at the high school. So he made a cake for our staff to enjoy just to celebrate the opening of the new building. And today, because Tyler is gluten-free, he made him a gluten-free cheesecake. (laughs) Isn't that sweet? But what I can tell you is every one of those moments just touches a tender spot in my heart for my children when they choose to love one another, even when it's hard, when they make sacrifices to bless their family, or when they take care of each other because they know that's Jesus growing in them. And I'll tell you, friends, I treasure that up in my heart like Mary did. That's the beauty of Christmas. It teaches us that God wants us to receive him like a baby, to let him grow inside of us. And that really only happens when we put our faith and our trust in him and believe in his words that he teaches us. John 3, 16, you know this verse, one of the most popular verses in the whole Bible, right? But it's truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, as a baby, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. The truth is, church, as we grow and as we learn, we learn through, this is the key today, we learn through what we let grow inside of us. As moms, as kids, as adults, as followers of Jesus, 
That's what God wants for us. He wants us to receive him as a baby and to let him grow inside of us, to let the wonder of Christmas grow our relationship with him and with others. And while I am so thankful to be a mom, and I treasure all that up in my heart, I treasure even more that Jesus is growing inside of me. I pray the same for us as a church family. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and pray, and then we're going to light some candles and sing Silent Night together. Would you stand with me? Father God, I am so thankful for our church. Oh, we're so thankful for the gift of your son. Born as a baby, God, for the whole purpose that you would come die on the cross for our sins, that we might have the gift of eternal life, God. We are so thankful. We love you, Jesus. And all God's children said, amen. We're going to let the kids flood the stage. Ushers are going to come down to help light your candle. Would you do me a favor? Would you take the unlit candle and light, like take your unlit candle to a lit candle? Does that make sense? so that the wax doesn't drip everywhere, but we're gonna sing and celebrate together in silent night as a church family. Kids, fill the whole stage because we've got a lot of friends coming. You guys can stand up too. Look, our whole church family is standing. There you go. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown.
that even in this moment, you're pondering in your heart the gift of baby Jesus who wants to be in your heart, growing in your heart. I pray that this moment would last with you. I pray that you would feel the Holy Spirit resting in you. I pray that as you celebrate and as you go from here today, that you would carry with you the Holy Spirit came as a baby and wants to know, he wants you to know him fully. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we are humbled yet honored, God, that you would leave the majesty of heaven. Lord, that you would come as a baby. Lord, that we could understand you. Lord, that because of of how you came, we see you more with us than anything else. Lord, I pray that that would just grow deeply into our hearts and that we would let your spirit grow more and more in us. We love you, Lord. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. As you blow out your candles, and we're going to let the kids exit from here. And friends, I just want to thank you for being with us on Christmas Eve. I want to thank you for taking this time to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.